This is a Care Chronicles podcast episode with Laura Elliott Buckner. Every change is comes with a loss, even if it's a positive change. You're listening to The Care Chronicles, a podcast about self-care, healthcare, and everything in between. I'm your host, Trisha Coyote. I'm a board-certified music therapist, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree in mental health counseling. I'm also a creative, multi-passionate, nature-loving, many-water-sign forever student. Join me and guests on the show as we explore how we take care of ourselves and each other. Welcome back to the Care Chronicles. Thank you so much for being here with me today for my third episode with Laura. It was so wonderful to connect with them again and just have another candid conversation kind of growing on our topics from last time and fusing our more recent experiences, updating each other on what's going on and just being able to just chat. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things about the show is to be able to chat and connect with um, the guests on the show and just hear what's going on in their lives and what they're passionate about and what's coming up for them. So in today's episode, we talk about transitions, boundaries, and the incessant need we all have to seek stimulation and what purpose that serves. So I hope you get a lot out of this conversation uh, it was wonderful to talk with Elliot again, and I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I did. All right, let's get into it. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, Elliot. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Just chilling out with my dog on a Saturday morning, doing a thousand piece puzzle. Casual. I am not a puzzle person. I feel like I could get into puzzles, but I mean, as of now, not one of my, one of my things, one of the things I aspire to do. We'll put it that way. I have to do puzzles by myself. Nobody else can do puzzles. Oh. Is that because like you like the steps in a certain order or something? Yes. Yes. Okay. I organize my pieces a certain way. Yeah. 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 I could see that. For sure. So I don't know if you actually want to, you didn't have a dog last time you were on the show. I don't know if you're interested in yeah, sharing that. Can. You certainly don't yeah. have to. She's right here. Oh, hi, Baby. beautiful. She's a blonde shih tzu. Uh, six to eight years old. We don't really know. She was a rescue, loose to live in a car. Um, the actual previous owner gave her to the rescue because when the previous owner went to a um, homeless shelter, the shelter was going to take Daisy to a K-I-L-L shelter. Uh, so she made the ultimate sacrifice and gave her to pause for the cause. Wow. So... You had two loving owners, me and whoever else had you before. Mm -hmm. And she's actually doing some training to be a service dog. Love that. Because so, being a service dog is actually not the hardest thing um, because the healthcare system in the United States is so horrible. <laughs> um, that's, just a, that's just the truth. The ADA says that for a dog to be a service dog, there's only three requirements. One, they have to be well-behaved in public. Two, potty trained. And three, they have to do a documentable task. So Daisy's got two. We've been working on the task. She's been doing really good on her training. So That's great. Basically, all she does for me is just lay on top of me when I have a meltdown. Yeah. Just that therapeutic pressure. Mm -hmm. Or just whenever I cry. <laughs> yeah but that like it does so much for us having that like positive physical contact as well as the companionship in our lives it does wonders yeah. 
And like, if you hadn't listened to the last podcast that I was in, the 201 episode, I talked about being autistic and needing that sensory input. And like, she has to give that to me. Yeah. Like, so she just laying on my chest. I don't even have to force her to do nothing. She just wants to do it. She's so patient. She's just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for what you need. Yep. And so that'll be good because then when she can go on vacation with me and my parents, because they don't allow pets or ESAs, but they allow service dogs Mm -hmm. that do a documentable task. So she's almost got her task down. So. Anyway, lovely. I'm for you. I'm realizing now because you said 201 that obviously we have met and we have talked and avid listeners of the show will have met you. But do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, I am Laura Elliot Buckner. They them. Um, you can call me Laura. Call me Elliot. Either one doesn't matter. Um, just not, not Laura Elliot. Don't call me both at the same time. That's kind of a mouthful and a little annoying. Ah, okay, noted. No doubt. I'm in grad school. I'm writing my thesis now. I finished all my coursework. Um, just writing my thesis. Just writing. My yeah. Thesis. Congratulations <laughs> on that. Yeah, it's been a, and like that was such a, um, we'll get into that part of the podcast, but I want to talk about transitions mm. and how transitions change our boundaries. Yes. Because in the last episode, we talked about professional boundaries and we dipped into a little bit of the personal boundaries. Um, But I think in this episode, we can talk a little bit more about the the personal side of it since we've done the shift to Care Chronicles to being more holistic and just like life. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us where and when that's been coming up for you. Um, Yeah. So. The transitions going from, because I went from kindergarten all the way through grad school, no breaks. And then suddenly I don't have any classes anymore. I'm not seeing my friends unless I'm the one who's like, hey, let's go hang out. Occasionally there's other people that will reach out to me. That's been coming up more because I made that known. I was like, hey, I need you to reach out to me. I am tired of always being the one reaching out. Mm -hmm. So people have been reaching out to me more, which is nice. But just going from having that structure, having that schedule to like not having any of that. I mean, yes, I do have my work, but my work's really more part time, which works out for writing my thesis, but not for my finances. Yeah. but it's just very tricky to navigate having those that like because um and I read a paper about the sanctuary model of supervision. I don't remember who wrote it, um, but they said in the paper every change is comes with a loss, mm-hmm. even if it's a positive change. So it's a positive change that I finished my coursework and I'm getting closer to my my degree, but it's I'm losing that structure and I'm losing that. It feels like I'm not necessarily losing that support because my teachers are there for me, but also it's summer break and my teachers are technically on nine month contract. Mm-hmm. So like they still are available, but like less available, which is totally acceptable and fine but just going from having that structure the whole time you know and like the last couple summers because like I've had summer breaks before where you didn't have school and just did work but the last couple summers I've been home back in Tennessee more because that's where I'm from I've been in Tennessee more with my mom and my granddad and the rest of my family and so that offered a little bit more support because I was home with them. Whereas like now I have clients on Monday, Thursday, and Friday. So I can't just go home for an extended amount of time. Mm -hmm. So that's been kind of tricky to navigate finding that support. And then like with everyone else in my cohort changing, like 
they're going through those changes too. And that means they're having to navigate their new life and set their new boundaries. Because every one of my cohorts married, I will say that every time I talk about them because it's a big, it's a big difference than my life. Um, but they're having to navigate new jobs, new careers, um, new everything and set their boundaries to spend time with their partners. And I don't necessarily feel left out, but at the same time, I just miss them. Hmm. And so like that's changed from when we were all in school together. I mean, we still kind of had that because we're all adults and they were still all married and stuff. But we had that school class period time where we all got together. Yeah. You, there's like school provides a, like forced proximity in combination with a decided topic that you all have to connect over. So it's like you're you're with these people all the time. You always have a given topic that you're forced in a good way to talk about and, and work through together. And so to suddenly not have any of that structure in your interpersonal relationships can be really hard. Um, you know, like you said, reaching out to people or like, oh, I thought of this person because of X, Y, Z. Do I share that with them? Can I send them a text? Like what kind of relationship do we right. have now? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, there's some people in my cohort, I will text them and they'll text me back. Some people I will text them and they won't text me back. Mm -hmm. So that's just like a thing. And like my professor, um, she because we were meeting every other week, my, me and my thesis ad advisor. Um, but she was like, we don't have anything on the schedule for the rest of the summer. Um, I recommend reaching out to your classmates to see if y'all want to like get together and have writing time or something. And so I emailed all of them and I've not heard back from them. Mm. Now that was just a week ago and it's, it's summer. So they might not be checking their school email. So I might do a follow-up here in the next week or two, but I was like, that's a bummer. Yeah. I told them why I needed that support, but nobody emailed me back. It's also like, I know when I get a text or something, sometimes I know it's there and I have every intention of responding to it. As I'm saying this, I'm thinking of a person I have yet to respond to that I <laughs> promised myself I would do that yesterday. Um, anyway. Um, and it kind of, it like sits there and I make it into this big thing where it doesn't need to be. I just need to reply to them. And I, I have certain people in my life too, where I know like I will send them something and I know they will look at it and I know they will appreciate it even when they don't respond. And I only yeah. know that because they've told me, they've said like, Hey, look, I see your stuff. I don't respond because that's, you know, just what works for them, but it has nothing to do with our relationship or the value they get from me messaging them. But that's like one of those conversations that unless you have it, it you don't know and it feels awkward to be like are you not responding because you're not interested did you just forget is that just the type of person you right. are and you plan on showing up anyway like um just being able to have candid conversations with people you have in your personal life I feel like would eliminate so much of that stress right and that's like another thing about just relationships in general are messy and I know we talked about maybe talking about boundaries, personal boundaries, but like also like what's a personal boundary of what you're going to talk about? Like, how are you going to broach those subjects? Mm. Because you don't know what people are comfortable with until they tell you and then they won't tell you because they don't know what you're comfortable with. And it just creates this cycle of like constantly getting stuck in your head. Yeah. So that's just like something that like I have always struggled with. Like I just flat now I just flat out say I will talk about anything and everything. If you don't want to talk about it, then, you know, we don't have to. But I'm going to tell you about anything and everything. So and even me just saying that makes people uncomfortable sometimes. Hmm. They're like, what? Huh? I didn't know we had that relationship. And I was like, I have that relationship with all of my personal relationships. Yeah. 
I will talk about anything and everything. And I don't know why that is, but I guess I just, you know, because I don't want there to be any misunderstandings about anything I say. Like if I'm trying to describe a knot that I had with my girlfriend, I'm going to be explicit, not like wildly so, but like if we had sexy time, I'm going to say we had sexy time. Like I'm not going to like hint at it and like hope they get it because a lot of times people have tried to hint at stuff with me and I don't really understand it, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm autistic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so I just, and like in hindsight, I can look back and say like, oh yeah, they were doing that here because I've studied human behavior and I've studied human communications so much that I can look back and see like, oh, they were innuendo. This was an innuendo actually, not literal. And whereas in the moment I'm like just talking, having a good time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I always appreciate not having to be the person to initiate saying I'm comfortable talking about XYZ or, you know, I, I feel like I'm usually the person who will bring something up until someone tells me to stop. Right. <laughs> so in the same way, so like I appreciate like you sent me a DM and you were just very candid about something. And I was like, you know, I appreciate that. Like, that's really refreshing. And this is my feelings on that thing. And like go from there. Um, And I wonder if part of the reason people are uncomfortable with those types of interactions is because they're not common and how much easier things would be if they were. Yes, (laughs) it's true. The society we live in is like, keep everything close to your belt. Yeah this and this are taboo to talk about and even thinking about talking about them as taboo all of that so it's important to just don't live by society's rules a lot of times when it comes to communicating with your close people don't don't always adhere to what society tells you Hmm. because that can hurt your relationships yeah And, like, even sometimes in professional relationships, you have to just be open about it and say, hey, I'm not going to mask my autism in the workplace. And if you have a problem with it, then that's your problem. Mm. I feel like there's also a lot of self-awareness that comes with this because I'm going to go back to the texting just because that's, like, what's on my mind. Um, Mm. But for, like, for someone to know that... I'm a like, quote, bad texter. Like I'll read a text. I have a tendency to forget them. It doesn't mean I don't appreciate them. I recognize that that might make the other person feel badly because I'm not responding to them. Like that's a lot of self-awareness to then be vulnerable and putting out there and say like, I know this about myself and I know that that's not necessarily socially preferred, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't lessen my value as a person and my value in our relationship in any way it just is like how I interact best um yeah yeah. and so I know that sometimes this is another example of that I'll like sending people like social media things like pictures or reels or whatever that like hey this reminded me of you I'm gonna send it to you sometimes it's like (laughs) did I cross a boundary not in sending it to them but in what's in the video and that it reminded me of them (laughs) That's also yeah. a thing. And then they don't respond and you're like, okay, like, did they laugh? I don't know. <laughs> right. I am so, like, I send reels, videos, TikToks a lot to people. And, like, I don't try to send them all at once. I spread them out over the course of a day. And, like, for example, someone said, I got really overwhelmed. And I was like, well... You wouldn't have been overwhelmed if you had checked your phone more than once every 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then I was just like, okay, yeah, I understand that. I will just bookmark them and show them to you the next time that we are together. But that's great. That's like a great compromise to make that work for both of you. Yeah. But then I just bookmark hundreds of reels and TikTok (laughs) videos. And then I'm like, our time together is so limited. And I'm like, I can't show you all of these because I don't want to just spend our whole time watching TikToks and reels and videos. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's that's kind of my take on that. Um, it's kind of like I saw this tweet several times about neurodivergent love languages. Mm. And those are like info dumping, crush your soul back into your body. Can you explain um, that one to me? Yes, it's where you're just like, it's more than just a hug. Oh, like physically. Like physically okay. crushing your soul back into your body. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> like it's more than just a hug. Like I will just lay on the bed and then my girlfriend will just lay on top of me. There's nothing sexual about it. Nothing even really romantic about it. She's just laying on top of me. And that's it. I think that's and one then, of my love languages. <laughs> yes. Just lay on top of me. Don't talk. Like one time she came over and I was just like, I just need you to crush my soul back into my body. And like, but we barely had any limited time. So I set an alarm for like 30 minutes later. Mm. So that we would both get up and do our own thing. But there's infodumbing, crush your soul back into your body. There's a few others. Um, but then there's, look, I found this pretty rock and I want to show it to you. That's kind of like what the reels and the TikToks are. Like, look, I found this and I want you to enjoy it with me. I'm hearing you say that. And I'm like, I literally have done all three of those things. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's like you get so passionate about like, like the people don't understand in relationships, like the neurotypical versus neurodivergent relationships. Um a lot of times when like your info dumping saying talking about your special interest um which is more than just a hobby um when you're talking about your special interest with someone if you're vulnerable enough to open up about that with someone then that shows that you really care about them and you value it you have value in that relationship whereas like neurotypical people might just see that as like oh they just want to dominate the conversation and talk about whatever they want to talk about hmm. Whereas, like, that's literally the opposite of what we're trying to do. Yeah. Okay. So from your perspective, I'm going to, like, put my clinical lens on for a sec, if that's okay. Because I've literally had students, like, two neurodivergent students, and they would, after having, you know, a group together or going on a walk together or whatever, they would each say about the other, well, they only wanted to talk about what they wanted to talk about. And they wouldn't let me talk about what I wanted to talk about. And so me as the staff in the situation was like, well, how can I foster that, but leave space for both of them and like encourage them, you know, like I yes, want to honor yes. that and and support that. But also if they're both like, but wait, my turn. Ah, yeah. That is, that is a thing. And a lot of times kids are not self-aware yet of that mm -hmm. dynamic. Yeah. Um. And I think it's important to kind of educate them on like that dynamic and, and like the reason they're telling you about all of these things is because they, they care about our time together. And that's kind of a way to show that you trust somebody if you're telling them about everything that you like and everything that is you're passionate about. And, um, I think that that will give like a little bit more understanding. You'd obviously have to do it like in an age appropriate way, like explain like, well, they, they really like you. And so they want you to know that they are what, what they care about yeah. type thing. Um, because honestly, if I don't like somebody, I'm not going to spend like, 45 minutes talking to them about season 14 of criminal minds. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, and now my brain is like getting on my special interest. Nope. That is not okay. the time, not what our time is for. Um, but yeah, the, like, if I don't like somebody, I'm not going to tell them, like, I'm not going to info dump with them, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So even if the kids aren't necessarily best friends, there's that level of trust. Yeah especially with an adult there that they both trust and care about too. So I love the way yeah. you said that, that they want to share this with you because they value you or feel safe with you because I've been really struggling with 
how to convey that message, but not put it in a neurotypical framework. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's very neuro affirming. So I appreciate I'm it. not neurotypical. I, so. well, and I, I, you know, sometimes I just get trapped in like, what's the right thing to do? And anyway, um, but I know that in my personal relationships, I definitely have people who I think info dumping is the one that I receive the most where mm-hmm. like people want to info dump at me, which is great. And I appreciate that. And as the receiver of all of that information, it's also like my boundaries when I'm like, okay, look, I love that you want to share this with me. I'm really overwhelmed. Can we please get back to it later? <laughs> That's like yeah. the way that I try um, to like honor my needs, but also acknowledge that what we have is really special. And I don't want to take away from that in any way. That's really important to like, because that because if you just constantly constantly take in take in take in, then you, you're gonna start to have like this bitterness mm. towards whatever topic that they're telling you about. Yeah, and then by extension, a little bit of bitterness towards the person, which is what you like. You don't want that, mm. you know. And I also find that if I'm taking in more than I can handle, I start to not absorb it. And then later they'll bring that thing back up and I'll have to be like, I'm sorry, what? Because yeah. I wasn't able to be present enough to, mm-hmm. you know, carry that information with me to the next interaction. So that's Which I think that's, that's really good that you said that because I feel like I need to, he- I like, I need to hear that from like the people in my circle. Mm. Because they don't always tell me when to stop talking <laughs> in like a kind way. Yeah. Or, or when to change the subject. Yeah. So I think that's really good that we both like just talked about that. <laughs> Dude, we, we all, we're all just doing our best, right? Or sometimes we're like, can you repeat that? And then can we move on? So I like get that last bit. And yes. Then, like, just, and then you can yeah, you absorb it in your, your head and then. Take it, take it down. Exactly. Yes. Otherwise, it's always the same thing. And then they get resentful because they're like, I already told you this 10 times. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm yeah. so guilty of saying that to people. Because like I have an elephant's memory sometimes. Mm. And I say that because like my brain is like when it comes to like events and conversations with people, my brain is a steel trap. Nothing loops. Mm. Now, if someone gives me a super long to-do list, but doesn't write it down, I get overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities and my executive function just goes out the window and I don't remember anything to do. Yeah. But when I like, like stuff to do with like relationships and stuff like that, I have a still trap. Like I don't forget. So I'll say, remember, I told you about this before. But then also. There's times when I get so excited that I just tell a story again, even mm-hmm. though I've already told them that before. Mm-hmm. So they said, yeah, you told me about that already. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I just got excited about it and wanted to tell you again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also interesting because like you could, if I was the person saying, oh, you've told me that I would want it to be like, oh, I remember, but not necessarily that you can't share your excitement with me again. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if there's a different way to say that, be like, even just very candidly, like, yeah, you've told me, but if you want to tell me again, go ahead, kind of a thing. Yeah, that's, I try yeah. to do that. Sometimes I I mess up, but I try to do that because I know how it feels to be on the other side where people are like, you told me this a bunch of times, please stop telling me. Yeah. And I was like, no. I wonder why we as human beings are bothered by being told the same thing more than once. Like, what about that is triggering? Is it because we feel like the person assumes we don't remember or is it an ego thing? I think it could be an ego thing. Yeah. Like a, and then on the, like the person saying, you told me this before, like, oh my gosh, here they go again. Tell me this thing for the same time. Like, why can't they talk about other things in their life? Who knows? I think it's because we, as humans, search for novel experiences. Ooh, well said. Yeah. 
I sometimes say smart things. <laughs> I think you always say lots of smart things. That one just really got to me. We look for novel yes. experiences. Hmm. We are always searching for some sort of input. Yeah. Whether that be even people who, even when we're just vegging out and not doing anything, we are still searching for a feeling. Yeah. We're searching for a lack of input, if that makes any sense. We're searching for a quiet, unintrusive space. Yeah. But then there's also the other end of it where someone is watching TV but they're also playing a video game on their handheld and did I just say handheld. That's such an old word. People don't say handheld anymore. Yeah, but that's what it is. Like, it is like my, my Nintendo switch can both be plugged into the TV and I can play it in my hands. Yeah. I will have a TV on watching criminal minds. My special interest that I know every single line of almost of every episode. And I will also be playing Mario Kart. Because I'm just like trying to get all of this stimulation going on. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Or like I'll be doing this thousand piece puzzle while I'm still watching Criminal Minds. Basically, if you ever come to my house, Criminal Minds is on my TV. <laughs> Long story short. That's what that's what the moral of the story is. I am seeking sensory input from my special interest, but also... Since that is like not novel to me because I know so much about it, mm. I need like a little bit more. Yeah. Interesting. We're always seeking input of some kind, even if it's a lack of input. I know that seems contradictive, but or contradictory, or however you say that word, but. We're seeking that space. Mm -hmm. Well, space is a good word because I always, I, I call it double screening. Like when I have my computer or the TV with, you know, something in my hands, like my phone or whatever. And I'm like, I try to not double screen, but when I do, I'm like, what, like what purpose is this serving? And then trying to even create space with no screens and noticing like, why do I want the screen? What sensory input am I looking for? Why do I need that? Is there another way I can give myself that thing? Um, and wondering if that's human nature or if it's we just live in a time in history where there is so much to consume that we are compelled to consume it for like no actual beneficial reason. That is really smart. <laughs> Think of. I don't know. I don't know if there's an answer. It's probably <clears throat> different for every person, but um, definitely with like doing this podcast and like trying not to just be in the echo chamber and just put out more content for more people to consume for like no real purpose, you know, um, mm. I would rather have it be meaningful stuff. And so I would also rather consume meaningful stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just pondering what you just said. Yeah. Nothing I have answers to. That's something. Like, what is the purpose of it? Or are we just in this time and there's no purpose? <laughs> but the way you explained it makes sense. You're like, I want the familiarity of my show that I like. And I also want something novel, which is the puzzle. Like, I don't know how it's going to unfold. Like, to me, that makes sense. And so I'm wondering, like, when I do two things at once, like if it's music and a book or if it's two screens or whatever, is it because one of them is novel and one of them is familiar and I want both? Or is it that I just want, like, two random stimulatory things at the same time like I I'm just interested to watch my patterns and see honestly probably because like I live alone with my dog but she does not bark hmm. she can I've heard her bark twice maybe three times in her life that I've had her yeah but she does not bark the the most noise she makes is when I'm giving her a bath and she's crying because <laughs> the water she hates bath time she had a bath yesterday um but like so it's quiet and I don't want it then it's just like this is very lonely mm. 
And so that's why I put my show on. And because that provides comfort. I'm trying to figure out a way to talk about this without just getting into talking about criminal minds because it's getting in my head. Yeah. Well, is it like the internal dialogue is not enough? So you need something else or is it yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is because then you just get, you just have you yourself and your thoughts. Yeah. And having my dog has been really helpful with that because then I can just talk to her about stuff and just sing random songs to her that I make up. Like, there should be an EP of me singing to my dog. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. It is not musical in any way. It's just funny. But that's she's what just, matters for you, too. Yeah. She never leaves my side. She's just sitting here, which is really cute. Yeah. Oh, I miss that. I'm so ready to get another dog when the time is right. Yeah, um, that's also okay. So that's what the other thing that was on my mind. If anyone listened to my episode on grief and loss, I talked about taking in less information because I myself was processing so much information. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to notice day to day again, am I looking for stimulus because I'm ready to take in more? Or am I looking for stimulus because I'm not ready to process what's already within me? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. That's really good. Is it avoidance or is it growth? Yeah. Right. I had never thought of that. I think mine is mostly avoidance. Avoiding my feelings. Which is a coping mechanism, and we all have those, and they're there for a reason. Yes. Wow. You're just full of wisdom. Or I'm just just... full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) One one person's wisdom is another person's shit. Yeah, basically. Vice versa. Like, I feel like, I feel like there's going with this episode, I feel like there are going to be two extremes, people who really vibe with what we say and people who are just like, I can't follow. I can't follow. That is what happens when you take an autistic person who has been through a lot of change, has been very overwhelmed and try to talk about something. (laughs) That's why, like, I still wanted to talk. I still wanted to talk to you and still wanted to do the interview because like people don't hear that type of conversation. Yeah. Like a lot of times I like your podcast because it's real. Thanks. And like, I've listened to a lot of podcasts in the past where it doesn't seem as real. Like it seems not necessarily scripted, but like everyone's got it all together and everything's super planned out. And like, I I tried to plan out for today. Like I like to have like, just like a general kind of overview of just things I want to touch on. Um, But today I was just like, I'm trying, but it's just my brain is not having it. <laughs> it's a Saturday morning. Yes, because life is hard. So is there another like specific thing you want to jump to or something that's top of mind? Um, I think we're pretty much good for today. Let's do a recap. Okay. For our listeners. So we started out talking about transitions in life right check then we talked about we we kind of touched on boundaries a little bit in those transitions um we mentioned that every change comes with loss even if it's a positive change then we talked about communication and how society is like we can't bring up talking about hard topics even though that's the exact thing that you need to do is to bring up how to talk about these things. Yes. Then we talked about taking in stimulus and how we're always looking for something. And like, are we taking in that stimulus? You said, are we taking in that stimulus? because we're growing and we need more or are we taking in that stimulus because we're avoiding what's already within us 
So there we go. Recapped. Love that. I think the title of this episode should be Happy Birthday. If you say so, hey, make my job easier. If you've listened this far, then you know where that title came from. Congratulations. Yes. Happy birthday is one of my stems and I just say it. Really? Sometimes I can't sometimes I can't control it. And then sometimes I say it just because it feels good. Yeah. And like it just felt good. It felt appropriate. It's nobody's birthday. Who knows? Maybe it's Daisy's birthday. We don't know what her birthday is. And so happy birthday. Happy birthday. To everyone's birthday. And I think it's because I like the, the way that the consonants form, like the two plosive consonants. Happy birthday. Yeah, like the lips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like how it feels on the lips. Yeah. Like I would just say happy birthday when I'm stressed, happy birthday when I'm happy. It's every... And then sometimes I sing the Stevie Wonder song, the happy birthday song. So happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. That actually comes from Stevie Wonder. No copyright infringement intended. <laughs> Cover my bases. Much appreciated. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think we're ready for rapid fire. You're a pro at this point. <laughs> yes. Okay. Coffee or tea? Last time I said orange juice because that's my safe drink. But I've been out of orange juice because I haven't really been grocery shopping because executive function has been low. Mm. So really just water. Love water. water. I do love, I have been going to Starbucks quite frequently. So I would say coffee if I had to pick one of those. But I also got a tea kettle recently. So I can make my own tea. So I can't really pick. So I'm just going to say water. To be determined. Water is in both of them. It is. Is it bean water water or leaf water? Yes. Water. Is what's best. I drank my sparkling water and I drank my water water. All right. Early bird or night owl? Um, neither. I think that one's been consistent. <laughs> yeah. I'm not as a night owl because I can sleep now, but also I don't want to get up early. Yeah. Fair. Very fair. <laughs> Favorite way to care for yourself? Oh, this is a kind of a newer one. Um, probably just be with my dog. That's it. Just cuddle her. And take care of her. Take care of her. Yeah. Because that gets me out of bed and that gets me doing stuff. It gets me active. Yes. So it it checks off all the boxes, mm-hmm. emotional, mental, physical, even spiritual, taking care of my dog. My dad called my dog the Jesus dog <laughs> because he was just like, Jesus spirit just goes through the dog because you just feel so happy with the dog. And I'm like, that is very sweet. Yeah. And I, will, I will go with that. Love that. <laughs> So maybe this will be similar. Favorite way to care for others? Um, That one is tricky because I have to be careful when I'm caring for others and in my intentions because I have a history of codependency. Mm. I'm very candid on this podcast. and that's something that I've like really grown on. Yay for therapy. Yeah. Good for you. Um, Could be favorite way to show you care for others. Yeah. Doing things that they like. The big and one. That they enjoy. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, good on you, because I know if there are plenty of people in my life who don't enjoy the things I enjoy, and then I have to do them by myself. So that's a big one. They're lucky to have you. Well, hey, if you ever want to do parallel playtime on Zoom, hit me up. 
We will enjoy the things that you enjoy. And I mean it. Or parallel writing time for your thesis. Uh, Parallel writing time. Yes. (laughs) Literally hit me up anytime. Body double. Yes. Something that's currently adding value to your life. My dog. My clients. Um, my girlfriend. Um, that's pretty much it, I think. Well, and like just the people that care about me, you know, I don't want to go. That would be a, kind of a longer list. Like my my best friend, who's also kind of my brother, well, is my brother. My mom, my grandpa, X, Y, Z, lots of people. It's good to have a long list of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something you would tell your younger self. We'll see. The first time I was on the show is because I was gay, and that's okay. The second time... I forgot what I said last time. Probably something about being gracious to yourself. Third time today. Let's see. Oh, I remember last time it was be your most authentic self. Mm. Um, Or something like that. Yeah. This time that I would tell my younger self by the by the end of like, you know, however many times I will ever be on this podcast <laughs> in the future of the show and the history of the show, I'll have like this whole book of things to tell my younger self. You will. Um, easier said than done, but not all change is bad. Hmm. Yeah. Because even if it's a positive change, I just really don't do change. Yeah. Even if it's a positive change, I'm just like, okay, this change is going to be good and I'm going to enjoy it once it gets there. But right now it is disrupting my entire life. So, yeah. Not all change is bad. Well, something you would tell your younger self, turn it on you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Something I would tell my younger self. Obviously, I've had a lot of time to think about this, and it's always the same one that comes to my mind. But I would tell myself to take care of myself better so I can show up better. So I would start with just saying, well, Trisha, just be nicer. Just just be nice. Nice to yourself. And the reason that I was not always the most calm, compassionate, patient person is because I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I like projected that into all areas of my life. Um, So yeah, I would say be kind. (laughs) And the way to do that is to take care of yourself. So that's what I would say. Woo! (laughs) Okay. Please reintroduce yourself without using any words or phrases that describe how you care for others oh yes i remember listening to a recent one of recent episodes and i heard this question and i was like oh my gosh that does not include how you help others i am goofy and silly i'm authentic candid Um, I'm freaking hilarious to myself. Yeah. I just sometimes I have to remind myself that it's not everyone's type of humor, but I think I'm hilarious. Yeah, love it. And I'm just a compassionate person. Yeah. Also, compassion, that could be how I help others. Yeah. (laughs) That popped in my head as soon as I said it. 
But I guess I can show compassion to myself sometimes. And it's important to do that. So I think, yeah, I've been thinking about that question. I think it's something more people should take time to think about. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's why it's one of the questions. (laughs) Yes. All right. Last one is where can the listeners find you and connect with you? If any of that has changed. It is not changed at all. So you can just copy paste. Perfect. Um, but I'll just say it, laura.buckner at uky.edu um, on TikTok at, I think it's Laura Elliot Buckner 34. I could be wrong. Or Buckner Laura Elliot 34. You have it saved in the, you can copy paste. And like I said on the last one, my social media is just more personal. It's not really business focused or music therapy focused or anything like that i mean occasionally i do put stuff about my career on there but it's mostly for fun and just things that i care about so yeah and i'm open to personal connections just be honest about that like up front when you're connecting like that's what i do i would just say hey i want a personal connection or hey, let's collaborate professionally. Just be honest or what about how you want to connect. A great example of that. Well done. Well, well, thank you for coming back on the show again and for reaching out and for sharing your thoughts just candidly and relaxed. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Laura today, listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and got a lot out of it. As always, please subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, follow us online and on social media. We're at care-chronicles on all the platforms. Um, Stay tuned for more episodes coming your way. And until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other.